Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. We're here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Uh, Erica is not with us today, but guys, we are doing a sort of quick hitter uh, post-election podcast. As our listeners know, you know, we put a little bit of money down on Joe Biden. Uh, we will check in on that bet. But uh, currently, as we record this uh, on Wednesday at like 11 a.m., there is no uh, definitive result. They're still counting uh, votes. Um, I, I, I would say it looks like it's going to be Biden, but who knows in this crazy world, especially with uh, President Donald Trump declaring victory last night and then telling them to stop counting votes immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Guys, how you doing? How do you want to start? How do you want to start this thing? Mm, let's talk about our feelings first. How do, uh, because, you know, our feelings have been changing hour by hour, the, you know, with every passing tweet and every passing lead change. It's, it's a really roller coaster. And I got to say, I fucking hate it. I, I'm not enjoying <laughs> really any of this. And um, I was pretty depressed thinking about Trump winning, but I was also kind of just depressed if Biden wins the way he's going to win and how close it's going to be. And just sort of um, the things we tricked ourselves into believing, it seems, uh, leading into this election and, and the change we thought that might come. And we can get into all those things. But right now, uh, I, I'm not feeling good. I just I just am very sort of um, feeling uh, sort of lost, I think, when it comes to, you know, how people think about leadership and and what people think they want or what people want in their lives. Well, what, what about you, Shane? Yeah, I didn't really go on the roller coaster. I, I knew it was going to be one of those things where they, they act like, oh, we're going to find out any minute now who's who's going to win. Oh, it's very close. It's very close. And then, of course, days go by before you actually find out who's going to win. So I haven't been on pins and needles. We've already been through this before. I was a little bit worried when Mike messaged yesterday to opt out of the bet <laughs> just because I thought maybe you were going to pull the shoot because I think your betting app tried to pull pull a sneaky and they tried to play on people's fears and act like oh biden might not win now do you want us to give you 200 dollars of your 500 dollars investment back and we just pocket the rest full well knowing that betting app knew in my opinion that biden's probably going to win but they're trying to kind of play both sides of it so they want all the people who bet on trump to lose and then even some of the people who bet on biden they want some of that cash which is very sneaky in my is opinion. That, is that how betting apps work? Because I know um, I was getting uh, some of the lines from our, The Nut and, in another text group. And it was saying that, like, oh, it's swinging back to Trump. Oh, now it's swinging back. So do they yeah. deliberately try to fuck with people, like the betting lines? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because, like, uh, Haralabob, who we've talked about, too, who's, like, a very famous sports gambler, he was tweeting out interesting stuff all night. And it was kind of interesting how it was going because early on he was going, why is everybody panicking He's like, you know, Biden only has to win like one of four states and he's going to do it. He's like, uh, but then the betting app started to change like overseas. All the numbers started to change. So as we know, Trump was uh, not favored to win. Biden was favored to win. That started to shift after some of these states were coming in and the like the early vote counts. Um, so our the betting app that I use where our bet is on started offering us buyout basically because the odds were shifting. Basically, they're saying, hey, look, like. Trump is now favored to win. Do you guys want to cash out your bet? Which led to like a funny text exchange where I'm like, and it's funny, you could see it going down like as the night was going. Like, so as our listeners know, we bet $500 on Biden to win outright. It went down to like 420, then four, then like three. And then it was like, when it got to two, I was like, 
guys, do we want to cash out now and sort of save some of our money? And at that point in the night, it did look whatever. I think the people that were going for Biden at that point felt really demoralized because I think they were hoping for a blowout. Like Max sort of said off the top, the way in which this has unfolded has sort of like shook his like faith in humanity on some level. And so I think for a lot of people that were hoping for Biden outcome, even though it's a long night and like Shane was saying, we're going to, it's going to even out or Biden will pull ahead. I think in that moment, people were so sort of like shell shocked at the lack of a blowout that they were like, oh fuck, he's going to lose. It's 2016 all over again. And then the betting markets went weird. Um, so to the pod peeps, uh, text group credit, I was like, should we get out at 200 and, or do we hold on for dear life? And Maxie was like, we hold on. Ash was like, hold on. Eric yelled Ohio. Uh, and then Shane didn't say Shane didn't pipe, <laughs> pipe in, but that was four fifths. So that was enough for me no, to, I, to keep I piped the money in. in. Oh no. Oh, I see. No, I'm talking about the, uh, you gave us before the election, an ABC, yes type of yes. prediction i piped in on that yeah. you're right i didn't pipe in on the, on the other thing yeah when we were making the, the money choice i was basically like you know it's not all my money so how do you guys i, I need to let you know is sort of the, the gatekeeper of the bet and everybody was like let's hold on and so i sent a gif of wilson phillips uh, strutting singing hold on and i said let's hold on and it's been sort of fun this morning waking up and watching the app slowly go back up so do you want to know what they're offering now if we were to cash out as they still mm -hmm. decide and count the votes yeah so currently, if we wanted to uh, cash out, the betting app is offering us on our $500 bet, $550. So $50, basically they would let us win $50, but that's still leaving 200 on the table of what we could win. Um, which shows that there isn't a ton of confidence in the outcome still, or the way that Trump will fight it, or how long it could take to ultimately decide who the president is. But anyway, that's sort of the, the, the betting angle. But um, Shane, were you watching the election? A little bit, but it just gets very repetitive and kind of boring. And you've, you've been through it before on the last one. You know all that matters is the very end. And they always, they, they kind of pretend like it's going to be done before you go to sleep. And then they carry it out all night. So I wasn't falling for that one again. What about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dana and I, we settled in. We watched it. We ordered a pizza. We had some drinks. Um, but, but you do get the fatigue of sort of the the okay these votes are in we've got early reporting it's like now don't get your hopes up because this could be if you're a democrat you're happy about this if you're a republican you're happy about this and they sort of play this game all night and like an hour and a half into that it becomes very very exhausting and danica and i were talking about it and she's like why are we sitting through this and i'm like well i'm like it's kind of about the journey it's like yeah we could throw something on netflix and then just come in near the end i'm like but i guess ultimately this only happens once every four years and we can watch netflix any other night and then she compared it to a basketball game. She's like, I guess, I guess what you're saying is she's like people that like to just come in for the last, like the fourth quarter or the last five minutes, they don't necessarily know how you got to that point. And I was like, that's an interesting analogy because yeah, it's true. You will know how we got to the fourth quarter, say in a, a typical basketball game. I'm like, but does it really have any, like, how does it, how does it ultimately impact the result? It, it doesn't like, it's like, if you tune in the fourth quarter, you're going to get to see the result of the game. The other stuff is almost for like people that are super into it. And so in, in that way, I felt like that's what watching six hours of election coverage on a Tuesday night is, is equated to. It's like, you're either kind of into it or not. And full disclosure, Danica stayed up and at, at 11 o'clock I, I called it. I was like, I'm going up to mm -hmm. bed and I'm, put, I'm putting on Star Trek deep space nine. Cause I can't, I can't, I can't do this right now. Yeah, were you getting stressed out? Like, was it not enjoyable for you by 11 o'clock? Because for me, I needed to get just go to bed. It was probably like 11, 11.30. I was watching it with uh, Manager Ash and Book Club Maddie, And it was just too much. And it was like, the, it was such a roller coaster. Because like at the beginning, 
you, you know, okay, he loses Florida pretty quickly, and you're like, okay, fuck, this sucks. And then he starts to lose. It looks like he's going to lose Georgia. Uh, oh, okay, North Carolina. It was like all these things that we had been fed, like in our stupid liberal bubble about like things going really well, just became simply untrue. You know, it's like they're they're, they're talking about like let's get Mitch McConnell out. Mitch McConnell destroyed. Like he yeah. won by a landslide. It's like oh, let's get Lindsey Graham out. Like these two, in my opinion, despicable guys. They won handily. So it's just like. So you just start questioning yourself of everything you've been reading, all the pundits you've been listening to, all the people that are supposed to be like these brilliant pollsters, uh, all these like, you know, you know, political operatives in your that in your mind are like, you know, on the ground talking to real people. They're just wrong. And they're just like uh, just cheering for their own team, like it's team sports. So just like. You know, when I'm follow the Pod Save America guys, who I think are smart and well-meaning, and who I generally agree with on many things, I'm just like, have you just been like feeding us propaganda, like, or is this part of your campaigning just to make make you think that like your side is the best, and anybody who disagrees with your point of view is a fucking moron? Because that's generally like the the sort of uh, vibe I get from those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I guess I have been duped by all these people. Who who gave us like this false hope by saying, "Don't worry, just dig into your heels and know that we're the best, and our side is going to win because we have it figured out this time." And and even if Biden wins, it feels like the the Democratic establishment were really fucking wrong. That's number one. And number two, everybody participating, all those people that I follow on Twitter that have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers, their life isn't going to change one bit. They just like love the celebrity of it. They love. The sportsmanship, uh, not sportsmanship, like the team sports tribal thing that exists in politics in the same way that does exist in like whether you're a college sports fan or you're rooting for the the team from your city. And it's just like I just feel like kind of like a sucker for like investing my time and effort into people who have just been like feeding me propaganda that like seem that is seemingly pretty far off the mark in a lot of ways. Again, even if Biden wins. Like Nate Silver, I know he's just uh, like uh, he just takes this sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? When the he polls has, and the data, but, and he determines an outcome. You know, yeah, he's an aggregator. Aggregator. Yeah. You know, he he and he's like, oh, you know, we have him up like 11 points in Wisconsin, and like you know, six points, and sure, there's a margin of error of four points, but it's looking pretty handily if we roll the dice ten times. Uh, you know, Biden's going to win nine times out of 10. That's what they're telling us, and we're like, well, it seems like we're barely scraping by, and people lie to pollsters because they don't want to talk to these establishment figures or they don't want to be honest with these establishment figures. Well, they're ashamed. And just like, and, and, they're, and they're ashamed of it. And it just makes me kind of like reevaluate everything that the quote unquote progressive liberal movement has been like striving for. Because it's like, if you're kind of just lying to yourself and pumping up your own base, which is me, but you're failing to actually talk to and get into like the hearts and minds and be convincing to people that are kind of tired of your bullshit or some of the other more um, surface level campaigning that you do. And then it's just like, we're doing it wrong. We're just doing it fucking wrong. I, I like, cause and I, and I want to preface all of this that I just said with like, I, all, all these sort of values of, of the progressive wing is what I believe in. But if we can't convince people that it's a good idea because all we're doing is being obnoxious and all we're doing is, is, is sort of like living like fine, like, you know, entitled, like, um, we're living entitled, awesome lives in big cities. 
and and we're uh, and it's like uh, it's like is John Favreau's life really changing at all? Has it changed no. at all for the worse in the last four years? It hasn't. It's, no, it changed and, for the better. He, he became it famous. It changed for the better. He became fucking famous. It's like everybody on CNN or MSNBC, they're just fucking celebrities. And they love it. They fucking love it. And like, and that's why I think people resonate with Bernie. Because they don't get the impression that Bernie's doing it just to be famous. Do you know what I mean? I think like, and I'm, everybody has an ego. Everybody has desires. But like, I think that's why people find Bernie to be a more authentic uh, politician because it's not like he's just in it for the acclaim. So I don't know. I, I'm, obviously, you think these people are just in it for the acclaim. That's what you're saying. I'm yeah, I'm saying every politician is probably in it for the acclaim, but there's different degrees of it. Mm-hmm. And if, if they're in it just to like stoke up their own base and to get patted on the back and to be a celebrity from their own base, wh- whether that's like David Axelrod, who I like, or John Favreau, who I like, or anybody who else who's like a celebrity in the, in the field of politics, it's like you're not actually listening and you're not actually being helpful to the cause if you're just pandering to your own base. Because every demographic minus white men voted for Trump, like voted in bigger numbers for Trump than they did in 2016. That's fucking crazy. And like, when will you fucking look in the mirror and see like whatever your tactics are, they are not fucking working. They're not working. Well, like, maybe nothing could work, though. I was listening to... I mean, um, ma- ma- Maybe, yeah. maybe nothing can work. Yeah. I was listening to Sam Harris, uh, who you know I really respect his opinion, and he was saying that he recently figured out why people vote for Trump, and like he said, oh, I've been thinking about this for years, and I just figured it out. It's because people have such shame, and people are so uh, fallible that they see themselves in Trump. So because mm-hmm. he's such a, uh, I guess, open buffoon, they're comfortable to vote for him. Because they, yeah. they they have like a kindred spirit or something. And like that's well, hard add, to fight against. Well, I'd add to that because I think people are complicated. I think people's – we all have like our best version of ourselves, and we have our worst version of ourselves. Mm. And Trump's greatest sin is that he allows people to be the worst version of themselves all the time because he's consistently acting – like an impulsive child. And that is generally your worst impulse. All of our worst impulses just to be like an impulsive, selfish child. And what made Obama so inspiring is that he kind of brought the best out of you. There's like he thought he, he acted in a way that was dignified and generous and warm hearted. And then I think that brings out your better angels. And Trump allows people to do the opposite. And that is his greatest sin as the president is that if the president of the United States is allowing you to act like an idiot, then you can, then you feel better acting like an idiot. Um, and, and I think we're all guilty of that. Like depending on the company that you keep is, is sort of the way you're going to act. And we're all guilty of that. And, and some people bring out the best in us and some people bring out the worst in us. And, and that, and, and Trump has made it okay to, to, to be selfish and to be loud and to be impulsive. And, and that, and I think that's a, that's a problem. That's not what you want in a leader. I think the other thing, too, that sort of really shows itself, not only like with the sort of Trump movement or how many votes he got across America, but it's like there's something very visceral. And I think like um, something that people push back against, because for the last, I don't know, four years, decade, maybe since 2008, whatever it's been like this progressive liberal movement, like you talk about, Max, I think there's a large group of people. Maybe they're not even vocal people. You know, maybe they're like parents and grandparents or maybe they're people that we are friends with. But they're tired of being told what they can and cannot say. They're tired of being like told how they can and cannot feel. 
And a big part of the progressive movement is basically it's like, hey, be more thoughtful. If you use this word or, you know, you don't approach this sort of like it's from the left. It's all couched in humanity. How can we make everybody feel welcome? The problem is the way that that manifests is it's basically telling people like, no, nah, man, like you can't use that word. And just people inherently don't want to be told they can or cannot do something. At the very least, they don't want to think about it. They just want to have beers and chill out and hang out or whatever. They want life to go back to normal. I think a Trump vote for them represents that. You know what I mean? And so like you mm -hmm. look at some of these places in America and you go, how are these people voting for Trump? That's crazy. Like it seems like it's against their own best interests. And it's like at the end of the day, and this gets to what you're saying, Max, about sort of Trump bringing out, you know, maybe not the best in people is they go, you know what? It's like he tells it like it is. And at the very least, he doesn't make me feel bad about the things that I'm feeling or the things that I'm saying and sort of the way that I've been living for the last 40 years or however that looks like. And that's a really, really strong thing um, that isn't necessarily quantifiable. And what you guys are saying, Shane, Shane is saying about shame and how people feel about themselves and how vote for Trump, you know, it, it lets them off the hook in some ways. The other thought I had is you just mentioned Bernie. We have a lot of really left-leaning friends who sort of are like, Bernie could win in a, in a general. Is there anything about the outcome of this election that makes anyone think that Bernie had a shot in hell at a general? Well, it's a good question because I was thinking, I'm like, okay, where do the where do the Democrats go after this? Even if, let's say Biden wins and they have to maybe he only does one term. It's like, what would the better candidate have been? I was asking Matt, my buddy Matt, about this. It's like, do we go more centrist because Biden's just about as centrist as it gets, or do we go more progressive, or do we just go to like a candidate who doesn't feel like a politician, who who is just more authentic and. Uh, you know, speaks from the heart and doesn't tolerate bullshit in, in a more left-leaning kind of way. Well, I, I think like, so Obama, for instance, never endorsed like Bernie. He's never, he's always been reticent to even really comment on the more progressive wing of the, of the Democratic Party. And I think that's because Obama has been around the country a bajillion times. You know, he, he, he served two terms. He knows those voters in the Rust Belt. He knows those Democratic voters, you know what I mean, who have lost jobs and stuff like that. He knows that like, the word socialism to them is a non-starter. So it's like, there's a reason that he was like, no, it's gotta be Joe. And I think it's because he was like, he knows who Americans are at this moment. It might change over time as, as younger people, you know, become more politically involved and they're naturally more progressive. But I just think there's so many Americans that still see uh, anything like left of even Biden as radical. And like even Biden, who's like the most middle of the road, you know, lefty ever, who, you know, would be right in, in, in Canada he barely is getting in if he does get in as, as these things unfold. So I think Obama sort of knows something that maybe super fired up lefties aren't willing to listen to at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I, I do think there is, um, and I know there's, and obviously it's hard to talk about this in, in, you can only talk about this in broad strokes, but there is like an elitism to the Democratic Party that really just represents people that are living pretty fun lives in the big city that that are that is an issue because um, yeah, every rural, mostly and a lot of suburban places, they all voted for Trump. And it's just like what like how do you the question at hand is like, how do you advance the progressive cause? And when I say the progressive cause, I mean it like how do you truly represent underserved people people that need an extra hand from the government that's that's really what i mean that, that people that have been historically left behind how do you truly serve them um and and get people on board for that because it's like ideally it's like a lot of those poor white people in the middle of the country should want 
an extra hand from the government, but they don't trust the government because the only people voting for a bigger government are people that are much richer than them living in big cities. Again, speaking in really broad terms, but it's just like, how do you get that message across? And I want, and I think it's just like the people delivering the message are frankly really fucking annoying to those, to those people in the middle of the country. They might appeal to me. They might appeal right. to you. They might appeal to most people listening to this podcast, but to everybody else, it's like, I just don't trust you because my life really hasn't changed that much in the last four years. I don't I don't pay quite as much taxes, which is actually helpful for me. And all I know is John Favreau, you're fucking loaded. You're so fucking rich and you're a celebrity. You have time to work out all the time. Fuck you. <laughs> that's, Honestly, that's a, that's I, a random thing you just added in there. Are you a little jealous of his bod? I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm, you know, I'm saying that. I, I, I do notice that he's actually in really good shape. But, and you um, have perfect eyes and your hair is so nice. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you just keep adding the list of things that have nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Um, Matthew Iglesias, who's, who's actually one of the progressives that I think, uh, I think tells it like it is. He goes, one thing that's clear in the data is that moving forward, Democrats need to work harder to align more of the, more with the aesthetic sensibilities and policy interests of young college educated Brooklyn based professionals with precarious creative <laughs> jobs. <laughs> Somebody else had a wickedly cynical tweet, which I also kind of found interesting. It was just like, it's like what, like after 2016, uh, we all said the media needs to do a better job of profiling like people in the middle of the country. But surely the first time somebody at the New York Times interviews a Latino Trump voter, the rest of the newsroom will claim that they're feeling threatened by violence. Oh, <laughs> you know what man. I mean? It's, it's, it's like, and that's a really wicked, cynical take directed at journalists and what's happening in newsrooms right now. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I think there's there's something to that. Um, Matt Taibbi, who is a political reporter, used to be at Rolling Stone. Now he has like his own sort of newsletter. He, um, he fucking hates Trump, but he also thinks that there's a lot of the Democratic establishment that are just fucking liars that just like consistently have been wrong when it comes to accusations at, towards Trump, when it comes to polling, when it comes to everything but they're not held accountable like if if trump gets something wrong or lies about something and you could put those two ideas in the same category lies or get something wrong it depends on how much you know i suppose like we're all like trump's a fucking liar trump's a fucking liar but every time it's like is trump an agent of the uh, is uh, an agent for russia it's like in that article was written in the washington post and new york times a thousand fucking times and i don't think it's correct it doesn't appear that trump is actually an agent an agent for the Russian government. Well, if but, he's a secret agent, you wouldn't really... Don't say it out loud. But it's just like, it's like that kind of stuff has been, like, has been often wrong. Mm -hmm. And we just go, okay, well, I guess that's wrong. On to the next thing. It's just like, I don't know. I, obviously, I'm in a mood this morning, but... Um, you are. You are in a mood, yeah, Maxie. Yeah. Um, How are you feeling I, I, I'm just, just, just disappointed uh, by it. Shaney, how are you feeling this morning? Oh, I'm not. I'm not fired up. I'm so used to this stuff going on. Like by now, it's it's hard to get me fired up. I don't know. I, I feel a little bit apathetic. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And by by the way, my all, all these things I'm I'm directing at, um, you know, at, at the Democratic establishment right now. My frustrations. It's like, and 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 how and how much time, you know. I spend thinking about Trump and what a fucking disaster it is. It's like, has, I know, and I know that we live in Canada, 
But my life hasn't been affected at all on, on any, really, on any level. And and if I were to think about my liberal-leaning friends in America, their lives have all got pretty fucking good, too, in the last four years. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, I don't, like, and I know they say, like, well, we're, we're doing this to represent, you know, blacks and Latinos that don't have a voice. And we're, we're doing this for other communities that don't have a voice. And that's great and virtuous. But you just have to ask yourself, why the fuck did more black men vote for Trump? Why did more Latino men vote for Trump? It's like clearly whatever your tactics are are wrong. But speaking of being fired up, um, did you guys uh, – were you watching CNN last night? I watched CNN, yeah. John I was King, watching both, yeah. yeah. Did you guys download the Calm app? No. No. <laughs> How did you see work? the ad though? Did you see no. the ad? I saw, I no. saw oh, it at the, at the bottom left. It said Calm. Is that for like a, like a stress relief app? Oh, yeah, calm. So, so, so I thought you were saying calm. like calm, like comms director, like communications. No, calm. no, no, calm. Yeah, like calm. calming. You need an app yeah, to stay calm. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a good partnership. So maybe you flipped over to the other network when CNN was in commercial break. But basically, the commercial was just the sound of rain and a 30-second timer. And that's all it was. It's good it was idea. just like, for the next 30 seconds, just check this out. And I was like, oh, my God. I feel so peaceful right now it is this is an amazing <laughs> ad and so i went home and i downloaded it and calm not to get too sidetracked here is this like have you seen the ads for like harry styles doing like guided meditation yeah yeah it's it's that so basically they have like normal meditation people but then also celebs so like i think lebron james walks you through a uh, meditation like before he plays a game and wow. harry styles has one like idris alba i think has <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was just thinking, it was, man, to be that, to be like the guru guy who started that app, and be like, you know, today we're gonna pay attention to our breath, and we're it's gonna it's okay to let your thoughts drift away as long as you always come back to your breath. And then he like walks into a venture capital meeting and he's like, dudes, we just landed sixty million dollars. <laughs> I just I was like, man, because that guy is like a fucking business. Whoever's behind Com is a fucking businessman. <laughs> we're buying fucking boats now. If everybody would just enjoy the undulating of the ocean as we slowly drift into existential bliss. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> So it's good though. Would you recommend it? Uh, I just I just did the first one last night. It's like a ten minute thing. I don't know if it's good, and it's but, free. You know, you know, you're just uh, no. I mean, it's download. You download for free, but then like the thing is like sixty bucks for the year. Yeah, or something like that. yeah. Mm. For free, you get to listen to. Uh, um, Fuck. My joke was going to, I was going to name someone from One Direction that wasn't Harry, and then you have to pay to uh, get Harry, but I couldn't remember any of the other guys' names. Liam? Nile? The other two. Louis. Louis. I could have gone Louis. with Louis. You download the app, you get Louis for free, but you have to pay to listen to Harry. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, totally uh, nailed that joke. Uh, since we've started <laughs> talking, uh, our buyout has gone up by $12. It's now at five sixty two. So that means that Biden is slowly creeping toward uh, being declared a winner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. well, they keep keep offering us more and more to cash out our bet, but we're we're, we're in yeah. this for the long haul. I was I was talking to Julian, and he was like, "Oh, let's, well, if progress is a process, it's like you know, it's like, do, do you feel? Are you as cynical as, as I am right now, Mike? Um, when it comes to my overall sort of disdain for what's happening right now, I think I split the difference between you and Shane. I I, I I'm fascinated by like it. What's 
disheartening about these last four years is it felt like we were on this sort of like simultaneously these two th things are happening so like obama gets elected president in 2008 this feels like this watershed moment you know the first black president all this stuff we go, okay and then over the next eight years it's like we slowly it feels like make social progress um stuff comes along like the me too movement uh, the, sort of the era of accountability but then also at the same time um in a parallel fashion there's this real pushback to like sort of that way of thinking and sort of like don't tell us how to live and you know kind of like this this um um promoting of of you know if you are racist or you hold sort of very strong beliefs or you want to be hateful or be individual individualistic those things can be celebrated in their own realm by a, a different group of people so i guess what you know last night was was there was a lot of sort of like talk going into it that this was going to be sort of a pushback to the last four years and the ship was going to course correct uh, to a more sort of like progressive place which obviously i lean progressive so i want that what you you realize pretty quickly when florida goes down and then you see that it's a huge like cuban population latino population that voted for trump you're going oh okay all right and then you just kind of like shit like i guess this wasn't going to be you know the the big pushback that progressives had hoped for. And then you go, I guess the reality is like the country is going to be divided and ultimately people are divided. You know, some people want to live in, in a world and they're fighting for that world. We might find that world, not a very good world. And other people, you know, have their rights trampled on in that version of the world. We want to live in a world that they don't want to live in. And I guess ultimately this battle will continue on. And when Julian says progress takes time, well, of course, I mean, look at the arc of history. You know what I mean? Like we're not that far removed from slavery. Stuff takes time. I guess I just thought over the last 20 years we were a lot closer to what i would consider sort of like a good progressive place whereas it seems like it's going to take a little bit longer than maybe i had anticipated and now you've mentioned this max like you know our lives aren't that affected do you know what i mean so it's easy for us to sit here and pontificate on these things and be like well it's going to take time but if you're a disenfranchised person someone who's directly affected by policies or 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 or, or you know these government programs or however it works it's like maybe you don't have the luxury of time and this is a brutal 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 day for you you know mm -hmm. or or if you're a woman looking at the supreme court and what that might what ha might happen there especially if you're you know what i mean pro-choice and how that all looks going forward in the states again we should always delineate that we are canadians and our you know we're living under a different but sort of why government. is today a brutal day isn't biden going to win it seems obvious he's going to win yeah, I think it was the idea that you thought like your fellow countrymen um, were going to rise up and sort of show the content of character that we all aspire to, that you listen to JFK speeches or MLK speeches or uh, like uh, Max's Obama brings out people's better angels. I think people thought that maybe the election was going to um, show that. And it didn't. It just showed that there's divided as ever. So I think that's a disappointing part. But you do bring up a good point, Shane. It does look like Biden's going to win. And so people kind of, you know, what's interesting about that, though? I don't think anybody was excited about Biden. So it was never about Biden win. Yay, Joe. Yay, Joe. It was always like Trump Trump's lose. Out, yay, yeah. Trump lose. Exactly. And so people didn't get that. So it's like they're going to get what they want is him out of office. But it wasn't in the way that I think that they wanted it. And so that's why people probably have a hangover today. Apparently, Wisconsin is just called for uh, Biden, by the way. OK, I, I want to get to Trump and sort of like the way in which he may or may not leave uh, in a second. But um, Shane, did you have anything to sort of to sort of add to the, the way you're feeling today other than just sort of like apathy or sort of expecting this outcome? Yeah, I guess the, the reason I'm feeling apathetic is because it feels like things are going to get better and Trump is going to leave. So I'm not fired up mm. in maybe like the way I was in the, the last election. Like that last time there was so much going on that it was 
it was very exciting in a scary kind of way. Like it was just a shock that Trump won. Now it doesn't feel like he's going to uh, win again, and which is a bit relieving, you know, because it's been the the whole news cycle has been pedaled to the metal for four years now, and just to get a bit of reprieve from that and to get the, like it is calming, like you don't even need the calm app. Just Biden coming in is calming, just so you can like stop the ten minute news cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Ultimately, Shane does bring up the best point. Like, Max, we're actually sitting here and we're talking as if Trump won. You know, it's like he didn't yeah. he didn't lose in, in, in the most definitive way that we wanted. But you know what I mean? But maybe this is the whole idea that we are progressing slowly after this sort of like, is it a speed bump or is it sort of a sign of larger things to come? Whoever the next Trump is in four years. Yeah, I think the thing I'm most frustrated about is just the the framing devices that the people on my side are choosing to use because it like it suits them or makes for for a good tweet as opposed to really like deeply trying to it's it's like you know sometimes you'll see the tweet you know it's like if if you voted trump i can't there's nothing i can do about you you're a lost cause fuck you you're racist you're and it's just like and that seems to be the attitude by from a lot of people on my side. It's like if you're you're a fucking idiot. I you're a, I can't do anything about a Trump voter. You because you're anti this, anti that. And, and by the way, I don't disagree with, and I understand where that pain comes from. I completely understand why people would feel that way. That said, to give up on all these people and just say you guys are waste is is not the point. I think we need to be able to dig in and try to find convincing ways to, to recognize that we have things in common. People can change their mind, but it needs to be presented in a way that appeals to their sensibilities. And if it's only done by shaming and saying, you're, you're, you're the fucking worst, then nothing's, nothing will improve. Like there's a tweet here. To be clear, this wasn't a presidential election. It was just a survey on how much this country loves racism and most white people check the box for very satisfied. I'm just saying like, and I, by the way, I get that. I understand why somebody would tweet that. And I understand it comes from a painful place. This is a black woman who tweeted this, uh, Robin Thede. Like I completely understand it. it. And it is despicable what people of color have to go through. I completely understand um, and I want to change that. I genuinely, genuinely want to change that. But we just have to also ask ourselves the question, why did way more black people, black men, vote for Trump this year than last time? Why do way more Latino men, people who are like, who were trying to protect from building the wall in Mexico, <laughs> why are more than voting for Trump? And that that's a really hard question to answer, but it needs to be like, it needs to be acknowledged and handled... Do you yeah. think, and just like, I saw some tweets to this effect, but do you think it has something to do with like people's sense of masculinity and sort of the, what Trump projects as like sort of like a strong man or like sort of an antiquated version of like John Wayneism or like the idea of this is the way it gets done and you say what you want and you know what you mean and that somehow appeals to like, you know, whatever like an antiquated like uh, way of thinking of masculinity is. I think they think he's just like honest and funny. I think they go, oh, this guy like is a rich businessman. He tells me he's a rich businessman. And you know what? I kind of want to be a rich businessman. Who I don't believe is Biden who says, I'm all about you. I'm all about you. But I'm pretty sure I heard that Biden's actually a multimillionaire. And John Favreau clearly has a personal trainer. And, <laughs> and um, 
and fuck you guys. Like you guys are acting like you're for me. At least this guy tells it to me straight, right? So, um, yeah. Uh, what do you think? I think, I, th- I think they just think he's more honest. Well, just a lot of these people who are voting for Trump, I feel like they're in a poor economic situation and they care about the economy and that's Trump's main platform, right? And all the yeah. polls that said people who vote for Trump have a 60% uh, likelihood they're doing it because of the economy. Mm. And th- so they're probably from a, a lower bracket who think that Trump will help them in that regard. Right. Like they don't really care about coronavirus as much. No. And his campaign rhetoric, like we have the greatest economy in the history of you know, yeah. America. You hear it enough. It's like them. Oasis telling everyone they're the greatest band in the world. You tend to believe something that's repeated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying right now, Shane? <laughs> well, the Beatles <laughs> might be better. I don't know. But the Beatles weren't telling everyone that, right? No. Um, okay. Uh, we should wrap this up. But last, last thing. Do, um, I thought... <laughs> Trump is obviously the fucking worst and he should not be the president. But he had some hilarious campaign stump speeches in the last week. <laughs> like like honestly, it was like he was up there riffing where he was like, you know, they told me uh I'm the most famous guy in the world. And you know what I said? Who who's more famous? Jesus Christ. <laughs> the crowd are, like goes crazy. He's like, "No, I, you know, I'm up there. I'm up there. But I couldn't be more famous than Jesus." It's <laughs> kind of a humble moment there for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> but he was only so he get the applause so because people are like hooting and hollering that Jesus is more popular. I like, heard the Did you hear the one about, where he was talking about Reagan? Where he's like, uh, his his crowd's chanting, we love you, we love you. He's like, Reg- Reagan was a popular guy. No one ever said they loved him. They didn't say they loved him. You know, as people <laughs> chanted, they love Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I, th- I thought some of his things, like, he clearly likes, likes just being famous so much than, more, much more than anything. Um, like, he doesn't have any interest in governing. He just has interest in just being famous. He loves the rallies. It's like oh, going yeah. on tour. Like, I get it. I relate to him in that way. <laughs> I mean, he can keep doing rallies. He'll probably run again in four years if, you know, yeah. if he's still around. Uh, that mm-hmm. was actually our good friend John Poplis' prediction that, that Trump will run again in four years. Are you allowed uh, to do that? You're allowed to be yeah. president? You, it's just that you have a maximum of eight years that you can be? Or can yeah, you? it's happened before. Yeah, it's happened before. No, I didn't know um, so do you guys think uh, where we sit now, you know, like I've said, you guys will be listening to this pod. We'll have it up in probably about an hour and a half, but it's 1145 a.m. on November 4th right now, the day after the election. Uh, it looks like Biden's going to win. Wisconsin just called for him, like Maxie said. Uh, Trump is obviously going to fight this in some way, shape or form. Do you guys how long do you like one? Do you think that we're going to be watching Biden get inaugurated in January? Uh, two, do you think Trump will um, participate in a, a peaceful transfer of power? Uh, and three. Um, yeah, I guess I guess three and two are the same thing. Do you think Trump will accept the result, or is this going to be in the courts for months? I think he'll accept it. Um, but he, I mean, he'll kick and scream, but I think he'll be. Uh, I, I think he'll just. I don't know what he could do. I suppose to, to to make this thing turn around if he loses. Well, he's already not accepting it. He's before he's even lost, he hasn't accepted. He's taking saying he's going to take it to the Supreme Court and fight it. So it doesn't seem like he's he's going to uh, go peacefully. I think he's going to say that, but I don't think he has much follow through. Do you think he participates in the pageantry of the the, like the exchange? Remember, we're seeing Obama and Trump famously Mm. sitting those two chairs. Do you think he actually shows up to that party? No, definitely doesn't. Definitely doesn't. Just way too big of a baby. Breaks precedent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. There's a prediction. But ultimately, guys, do you think that we're winning our bet? Is this happening? I I I think we're going to win. It's just a matter of how are we going to get the money? Like how long how long is it going to take? 
How much money are we uh, standing to win if we? Seven fifty total. So two hundred dollar, uh, two hundred fifty dollar return. What are we gonna do with that money? Keg, twenty twenty three. Yeah. All right, guys. Not a, not a keg fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.